You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. We're going to let this breathe. One, two, three. Alpha Bravo Charlie. Seven to ten seconds in. We're going to give it just a second more. Make sure our audience and everybody's good to go. And three, two, one. We are live. What's going on, Broncos country? Luke Patterson and my guy Carl sitting in for Nick, who is on a permanent hiatus. It's almost like Aaron Rodgers getting back to the Packers. I know I'll use that joke until it's laying in the ground. But what's up, Carl? Welcome to MHI, hey. man. Two, two weeks in a row, buddy. I, I love it. I feel like we have a thing. Do we have a thing? Is this I think us, so. You know? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Is this no. us getting an apartment together? What's going on here, man? I think it should be. Uh, you know, it just uh, – no, I was thinking about that. My my mother-in-law's in town today, and my wife's like, hey, have a good show. And she goes, it's Saturday. What are you doing a show for? And I was like, because I get to go hang out with my friend Luke. That's why. Because you're like, you know? babe, I, I'm sorry that our mother-in-law is in town, but you know what? I got bigger fish to fry. That's right. Like the skirmish, the dust up, the fight heard around the world in Broncos country, I guess, if we're calling it that, uh, between one Garrett Bowles and Bradley Chubb. I was there at UC Health Training Center. I will tell you what really went down. So you don't have to read about it on Twitter. You don't need to at me, bro, or any of that. I'm going to tell you what I saw from my point. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about quarterbacks, too, right? And that's a big, big, huge thing for the Broncos right now. Uh, everyone and their mother, Carl, wants to call the Broncos an up-and-coming team, but there's one thing that's stopping them. It's the quarterback. You got Drew. You got Teddy. If we're being honest, it's been a really boring training camp with both of them in this quarterback competition. So we will get to quarterbacks as well. We'll highlight a couple stars of the day. But before we get there, What's, what's going on, guys? It's MHI. Let's loosen up a little bit. I see you guys on the comment line. I want to say hello to some folks. It's Mile High Insiders. You could get at us at MHI underscore pod. Get at Mile High Huddle. That's the mothership for all of our up-to-news analytics videos and Broncos articles. Um, Carl, myself, Chad Jensen, Zach Kelberman, everybody's available on Twitter. That's something that's really, really cool about uh, MHH and something that I love, Carl, being able to interact with the fans. And let me tell you what, I know I ended last week's show, but I, I want to give a shout out to the MHH Super Chat superstars and the MHH community that is out there at UC Health Training Center, sweating on the berm, on the hill, uh, watching Broncos, Broncos training camp. Football is back in the Mile High City, regardless of how we feel about the quarterbacks. It just feels good to have football going again, Carl. Yeah, it, it does. And to think that we're a week away from an actual Broncos game, like that's uh that's exciting man it's it just feels like it always drags on more and more each year for the off season and the, the only time it went fast that 2015 season after winning the super bowl it's like all of a sudden the season was here yeah and i hated it because i'm like we don't get enough time to celebrate this great victory and uh i'm just thinking about that with you know hall of fame going on right now i know we got mr peyton manning <clears throat> coming in tomorrow and we got uh, we had Steve Steve Atwater gave his speech right before we came on. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it. I got it recorded. I'm gonna hop on it as soon as I get off. How, was it good? Did he stick to uh, the eight minutes? First of all, that's my first question for the smiling assassin. Did he did he stick to his guns with eight minutes? Because Peyton supposedly, I, you know, a slave to preparation is gonna stick to his seven minutes and fifty seconds. How did Steve Atwater do? I, I think he was pretty close. He okay. really spent his entire time just kind of thanking everyone that was a part of his life and helping him get to this point. I mean, that, that was in his entire speech. And uh, it just was, I mean, it's fitting for him because that's exactly who he is. He, he just always, always puts the praise on everybody else except for himself. I mean, I, yeah. I, I met, met Steve Atwater down at the senior bowl oh, and nice. in five minutes of meeting the guy, I was just like, that is the coolest guy ever. Yeah, I mean, he made time for everybody that wanted to come up and speak to him. He was the most like he went up to people. He was just like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Like he, there wasn't any of this. I'm a star. I'm a Hall of Fame guy. You don't get to talk to me. There was none of that with him. And he he just wanted to really give his time to everybody possible. And also, the other big thing I noticed his hands. I mean, it was like a, a baseball glove mitt in size. I'm just. Mm. I'm just like, man, my I, my hand is like half the size of his. 
And uh, I, I get to see why that man was so great at football because partly because the hands were just so good. But uh, no, really one of the true Hall of Fame, not only football players, but Hall of Fame people really in yeah. the football world. And just couldn't be any happier than to see him get into that Hall of Fame here today. I wish I could call Steve a friend. I've only run into him on a handful of occasions, but the very first time I met him was just like you described, Carl. He came up to me and was like, you know, what's going on, young book? How's it going today? And I'm like, hi, Mr. Outwater. You know, I'm Luke Patterson. And he's like, first of all, don't call me a mister. You know, how we doing today? And was super <laughs> excited. And then he, you know, coached me up a little bit on what he was seeing from defensive backs and he couldn't be a nicer guy. He makes time for absolutely everybody who comes to see him out there at UCL Training Center, regardless of his rigorous schedule, because I don't feel like a lot of Broncos country truly knows. Uh, Steve's still working double time, overtime, and triple time out there at UCL Training Center for the Broncos in multiple roles. So definitely a Hall of Fame person, a Hall of Fame player. Uh, congratulations to the smiling assassin, Steve Atwater, and I would be remiss if we did not mention the hit on the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Kouye. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm calling you out. Calling you out within the first <laughs> segment of MHI. Uh, you know, and y'all still bitter about that, that Super Bowl loss. Anybody anybody picking up on that? I, I feel yeah. Chiefs Kingdom, you know, yeah, you got Pat Mahomes, and I'm never going to not feel good with Pat Mahomes. But feeling a lot of bitterness towards Chiefs Kingdom, something I'm liking. But... <laughs> Let's get into the heart of the matter. Let's say what's up to a few folks before we do. What's up, Mike S? I see you and your Bama love going on. I see lots of Bama on Bama crime down there. Uh, I see PS2 going against Jerry Judy. Got Kareem Jackson, who was on a vet day, by the way, today. Justin Simmons held out on a vet day as well. So um, tongue in cheek, we made our jokes on the hill. You know, oh, they kept Justin Simmons so he wouldn't intercept Teddy or Drew. Uh, something he's been doing, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. oh, they, they kept K-Jack out so he wouldn't hurt anybody, including his own teammates. Just ask A.J. Bouye about that last year. Uh, so both were in bucket hats today, but uh, they're both having great camps. I'm not worried about either one of them, and neither should Broncos country. So uh, Caden Stearns, he's a guy I wrote up yesterday, young rookie out of the University of Texas. We talked about him on last week's MHI. He's getting uh, getting some run, man. He had one pass deflection today. He did have an interception yesterday. Number 30. It looks odd at first glance, Carl, to see number 30, right? We're thinking Philip Lindsay. We're thinking Terrell Davis, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, and now you see number 30 lurking as kind of a ball hawk in the backfield. And Coach Fangio did recognize him yesterday, but he also pointed to something you and I know that he's a stickler about, which is tackling. Something yep. that Caden Stearns was critiqued about coming out of the University of Texas. Based off of what you've seen and heard and read at milehighhuddle.com, um, you're very plugged in with what's going on with the Broncos as well. Where do you project Caden Stearns to be in this defensive secondary for 2021? Oh, I, unless there's an injury, he's probably going to be relegated to a lot of special teams plays. Just you've got such a deep cornerback group. If you go to dime packages, you probably aren't going to put three safeties on the field. You're going to put more cornerbacks on the field, especially when, uh, you know, your, your first round pick number nine overall has that kind of size of actually looking more like a safety than a cornerback. Like he's got the moves of a cornerback, but the size of a safety. And, and so you really don't want to take him off the field. He's more of your kind of third safety slash slot corner kind of look, I, th there's just a lot of things that he can do on the field. And it looks like they're trying to get him prepared for that kind of thing. So I, I just kind of see a little bit of a struggle there for Caden Stearns to see the field a whole lot this year, but you know, if he keeps making plays, it's hard to sit there and say he can't make the field. And I mean, he's got a couple nice little knockdowns sound like today. He could have really obliterated a, a receiver, but decided to just go for the, the pass breakup instead. Right. And, you know, that's that's just being smart. That's awesome to hear from a rookie because a lot of times rookies are trying to make a name for themselves. And sometimes they make a name for themselves in the wrong way by leveling somebody and the coach is going, you know what? We can't have you on the field. Get out of here. You've seen guys cut mm -hmm. because they were stupid with being too aggressive in a practice. You just saw one with the Panthers, right? You saw that guy with the viral video. It was absolutely horrendous to see mm -hmm. what that defensive back did to that that receiver, and yep. he was cut that day. So you're absolutely right, Carl. The league has a no-tolerance kind of thing for this. I mean, Vic Fangio's, you know, 
upset and he's got his panties all in a wad over this little skirmish today that we're calling a fight between Garrett Bowles and Bradley Chubb, which we will get to, but everyone loves yep. a good tease. So I'm going to keep it going. But here's another thing with Caden Stearns. Special teams. I know a lot of people, they frown on that. The special teams unit has been abysmal since the year 2003. Um, when you don't have depth, this is kind of what you get. But other notable safeties that started out on special teams, Will Parks, obviously a Broncos fan favorite who just went over to the Kansas City Chiefs, something I'm still very bitter about. And then uh, Justin Simmons, you know, both safeties got their start on special teams. So. Right. Um, not to be frowned on at all. Caden Stearns, we need him to be a playmaker on special teams. So let's open it up a little bit. Uh, my guest, we appreciate you joining the show. Joseph, I see you. EJ, we will get to you in a second as well. But first, I want to get to a good friend of ours, uh, Slide and Glide Brothers with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you so much. I know Carl and I really appreciate your support. And he's saying, look, guys, I don't care who's the quarterback, um, but one of them's got to stick it out. And that's just it. Uh, if you've seen one Broncos training camp, you've seen them all. If I'm going to be honest in, in terms yep. of this year, practice is so eerily similar other than the one day that was invite only on Saturday. And apparently, um, you know, it's closed to the, to the fans, the public, you know, media restrictions tomorrow at empower field as well. So don't go up to empower field in the stadium thinking you're going to get in. Cause you're not just one of those weird little twists of fate as we operate through the year 2021. But I agree. Slide and glide brings out a really good point. I mean, Broncos country is tired of wandering the quarterback desert, Carl. And yeah. here we are with drew and Teddy who are still just meh. And we will get to who won the day. In my opinion, the article is being published as we speak, but uh, talk a little bit about your quarterback frustrations with this team as Look, we're heading into week three, Minnesota, and we don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't honestly think they'd make a choice unless one guy just completely bombed or the other one just destroyed the other before the first preseason game. But it is obviously frustrating when you're hearing of some of these guys making the same mistakes each day and just not growing as a player like you would like them to. And a lot of their big plays have happened against like second and third string guys. And you're kind of like, okay, what are they going to do when they actually get against starting caliber players as they get into the season? And so it, it just, th there's a lot of concern with that, especially when they're not allowed to be hit yet. So right. <laughs> what well, happens when they get hit? Well, that's a terrific point, Carl, because look, my guy Parnell Motley has been getting absolutely torn up and, you know, he's tougher than a $2 steak, but it, it's just, I don't think he's going to make the team. You got this Rogesterman Ferris who's got two picks and he was just signed last Sunday. I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely a, a lock for contention to say the least, but everybody knows that Parnell Motley is going to give up the big plays. Drew Locke yep. knows it. Teddy Bridgewater knows it. The coaches know it. The defense knows it. So I, you're exactly right to bring up that point. It's all about context folks. And I don't, when I, when I sit down, I don't take any joy in, in declaiming or in claiming a winner of the day rather between Locke and Ju Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, because it's all about the context of work. It's all about the entirety of the training camp. And when we look at it through days and we could say Drew had two interceptions, Teddy had three, that's clearly shows the winner. Simply not true. Today, right. Drew Locke did throw a pass that was batted. I believe Von Miller actually snatched it in some weird pile, a real low catch. If it was a catch, I mean, I'm not going to blame Drew for a batted ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are things that I'm not going to take into uh, huge criticism when I don't know that specific context. Right. Well, that kind of brings us then to Naj Altaf coming in here with a 1999 super chat. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Says, Naj. Hey, brothers. Feels like I've been optimistic every year the past few years and then let down so hard. I understand that all too well mm. to get overly enthused right now. Which of the quarterbacks do you think will start week one considering coaching jobs are on the line? Okay, Naj, thank you so much. That's a great question. Um, that's tough because let's Broncos country. Let's leave this up for just a second, Carl. I want, I want you to read the last line with me again, because this is something that Broncos country is very guilty of because we are passionate fans. Which of the quarterbacks do you think will start week one considering coaching jobs are on the line? So the question is essentially, which quarterback do you think the coaches are going to start? 
Teddy Bridgewater is my answer. He's steady Teddy. <laughs> Teddy doesn't have to do anything to win this job, folks. It's something I'm going to continually say to this microphone until I'm blue in the face. Uh, it's, it's all on Drew Locke. Drew yep. Locke has shown the ability to improve in certain areas, but he's also shown some of those bad habits. Now, they haven't reared themselves to an ugly head so far that he can't come back, but he also hasn't taken off to the point where he's just leaving Teddy in the dust. Uh, so it's a little frustrating for me with Drew. I yeah. do feel like Drew's getting held back just a little bit. Yesterday, there was a red zone drill where Pat Shermer clearly told Drew Locke, as soon as you snap the ball out of shotgun, do not move your feet because he just stood there and would try to throw strikes into the end zone. Drew Locke is not a statue, folks. I know he's not just standing there for no reason. He's being told to stand there after a three-step drop and just stand. No planting of the feet, no generating force or velocity. It's very bizarre because we know that Pat Shermer, we don't have the script, right? Something that Pat Shermer loves to tell Broncos country. We don't have the script, so we don't know any better. Um I know that you don't need to throw incompletions in practice. You did plenty of that last year. You can do that before practice. Hell, why can't we do special teams before practice, Carl? Seriously. I mean, the water breaks, the special teams, it absolutely kills me. I think so much time is wasted. But when I'm getting down to the heart of the matter, I think it's going to be Teddy to ultimately start for Vic Fangio. He has got to win in the month of September. If not, I don't think he survives. Yeah, it, it... So going into this whole quarterback battle, honestly, I was kind of happy the Broncos were doing this to Drew Locke. He has not been pushed to try to win the starting job since his freshman year of college. And even then, essentially, it was kind of handed to him because the starter got, got injured hurt. or kind of quit. And yeah, it, it was a whole mess there. Yeah. yeah. So it was a kind of a crazy situation. And, and so for Locke, I, I thought one of the best things that could be for him is is the idea of actually being pushed and have that pressure against him to force him to actually have to improve himself as a player, not just have it handed to him. But at the same time, I was worried, what happens when a player has not experienced this kind of pressure and now all of a sudden gets thrown into it? Can they really handle it? Yeah. And I'm starting to see, especially over these last few days of training camp, that it seems like Locke is he's having some struggles with it. He's not seeing the field like he did early in camp. He's not pushing the ball down the field like he did earlier in camp. He's doing a lot of checkdowns. He's holding on to the football a lot more. There was a seven-on-seven drill where, from from what I understand, there was a play was it was pretty much blown dead because he held on to the ball too long. Next play, they they let him throw it, but he held on to the ball a really long time that they should have blown it dead. Mm-hmm. The next play was a, a completion. The next play was an incomplete, and then the next play was a, a touchdown. But like when he's taking sacks in a seven-on-seven drill, not a not a great look. <laughs> no, and he's hanging on to the ball approximately four point one seconds, just like he did yeah. last year. He was one of the guys. Look, he was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the league last year. Go back and look it up. That's not a joke. That's not a narrative. You know it. <laughs> It just bothers me, and you're right. I've seen the footwork a little bit cleaned up. I've seen him throw to his left today. I'm looking at my notes right now. I'm like, wow, he's throwing left. That's a shocker, you know, kind of make a joke on the hill or whatever, but it's good to see. Um, Drew Locke is not a dummy. Drew Locke is not Paxton Lynch. Drew Locke is a hard worker. He cares. Uh, he comes from a good family. His family's out there supporting him, just like they always have at Broncos camp, something that's really, really cool to see. But he's he should be able to overcome Teddy Bridgewater, and he's not doing it, and it just pisses me off because there's no excuse for him not doing it. He has got all of the tools. It's just, I think, within his own head, and as I'm looking at my notes right now, I mean, he kind of collapsed today. Um, yeah. it, it just he it's his to lose every single day, and right. he can start hot and fizzle out. He could start low come back and then fizzle out i mean it's just really really frustrating and it makes me very very concerned uh about how scrimmages are going to go with the vikings and speaking of the vikings uh jefferson out for a significant amount of time i believe oh, so man. we will not be seeing jefferson next week in camp 
Um, that would have been a fun battle with that secondary man. I, but. I, I know. And it makes me wonder what's going to go on with the quarterback controversy. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's not a I'm going to just call it a controversy and leave it at that because there's, <laughs> we know who the starter is up there. But I'm not going to yeah. get everybody all riled up with, uh, you know, all the, right. the pitchforks and lanterns there. But let's let's uh, reach out to the text line real quick, the chat line a little bit and uh, wrap with some more folks before we get into the dust-up of Broncos camp. One Garrett Bowles versus Bradley Chubb, if we want to call it that. It was it was silly, a bunch to do about nothing, but I think there are some, uh, some small little excerpts, some little um, thumb clips from the actual event that we can take a look at that could mean something later down the road. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, here in the chat, we got a lot of people going back and forth. I mean, that just shows how much this quarterback battle, it's so unknown right now. Uh, you got Blake coming in here saying Drew Locke is the better choice. Mark, mark my words. We got EJ saying Teddy is quarterback one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Joseph saying Drew Locke, it's his job all the way. It's not. If it, Joseph, I love you. Thank you for thank you for joining MHI, and I love your passion and go Broncos. But it's not Drew Locke's job. If it was Drew Locke's job, Teddy Bridgewater would not be here. Yeah. By by trading for Teddy Bridgewater, George Payton said that we are not fully committed to Drew Locke. That was John right. Elway's project, folks. John Elway's on a boat in Lake Tahoe, having <laughs> you know a blast, and maybe have a little bit of whiskey burps. So, yeah, it, it's just one of those things where we need to truly look at that. Mike S, I see a Bridgewater to start, uh, and this isn't me, you know, hating on Drew. I wrote up Drew winning the day yesterday when a lot of people thought Teddy won the day. I mean, it's that divisive. Uh, I don't think I've ever really gelled with what the popular theme of the day is i'm kind of going against the grain it feels like every day and my quarterback reveal my quarterback reveal winner slash of the day will be uh published at milehighhuddle.com momentarily but no carl you're right i mean it's just it's tough and then sometimes receivers are leaving guys out to dry a little bit tyree cleveland having a really really tough camp Trinity Benson uh, had his first drop finally, but I'm not going to eat his lunch for that. He's had a great camp. Those wide right. receivers look awesome. Deontay Spencer, I see out there. Albert Okwebunam has put together. See, I could finally get his name right. Took me two years. Uh, I can finally get Albert O. I'm not going to say it again because I'll jinx myself, but he's having a great couple of days as well. You know what you're going to get out of Noah Fant. Not the greatest practice player in the world, but he is a hell of a gamer, and I expect him mm-hmm. to at least reach Darren Waller level this year because I think Darren Waller uh, is a very underrated tight end in the NFL. I absolutely love Darren Waller, and I, I'm ashamed to say that because he's a Raider, <laughs> but I think Noah Fant can do everything Darren Waller can do, if not better, coming yeah. up this year. Well, I wanted to get to Mohamed Badri, always a huge supporter of the shows. Oh. Coming in here with the super sticker. Really appreciate that, Mohammed. And of course, always wearing that nice swag. Thanks, you know, brother. Where we, like I said, we, we got a lot of nice stuff out there. So I, I like a lot of what we got for all the different shows. So anybody's looking for something good to wear or some kind of birthday, you know, Christmas is still a little ways away. But mm-hmm. hey, never too early to start that Christmas shopping. So get on over there. Look at all of our stuff that we have available for you guys. And uh, I think you won't be disappointed. What's up, Mo? Appreciate you so much. That's to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Grab anything from a coffee mug to a gator uh, to hats to T-shirts. There's a few pictures floating around right now of some of our MHH Super Chat superstars in some swag. I think I saw Dove Valley Deep Divers fan in a T-shirt today on Twitter. I uh, know I saw my MHI, my MHI guy on uh, on Twitter rocking some of my shirts. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much, guys. He is Carl. I am Luke. This is MHI. It's Saturday night, about halfway through our show. And uh, before we we get into it too much more, let's talk about the skirmish hood heard around the world, right? Bradley Chubb and Garrett Bowles. So uh, team period looked like uh, just a fairly normal rep when all of a sudden you see players very slowly. It's not like bench you know, clearing brawls or anything like that. Players and coaches or the whole team are slowly walking over, but it's weird because there's the fake noise is being piped in too to try to simulate fan attendance, something that players are not used to considering the circumstances of the last year. So we're standing on the berm. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And at first I'm trying to think, okay, are they trying to communicate with these guys? Cause it did not seem like a sense of urgency folks. There were not fists being thrown. There were not, you know, there wasn't spit flying. It was a very, 
docile, if you will, like environment where we weren't so sure a skirmish was going on until players started pulling Bradley Chubb and Garrett Bowles apart. And nearest as we can tell, both men went to the ground. Can't say who got the better of the other, but I'm proud of both guys. No one's swinging on each other, breaking their hands on helmets or anything like that. But before you know it, Bradley Chubb is uh, on the defensive sideline. He's cooling off, taking a knee. You got Garrett Bowles, you know, your all-pro left tackle, pacing back and forth all by himself, cursing up a storm. He's hot. He's fumid. And he's been pissed off all week, Carl. He was pissed off after an interception was thrown a couple days ago, I think, by (laughs) – it was either Drew – I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Teddy. Yeah? Okay. It It was was Drew Drew, Locke. Yeah. Yeah. He had kind of a hissy fit about that. And, um, you know, so Garrett Bowles, though, you know, he's gotten some run for being, you know, holding Bowles number 72. But he's transformed himself, Carl. He's an all-pro tackle now. He's the blindside tackle of this team. He's becoming a leader of this team. I can't believe I'm saying that. Found myself liking Garrett Bowles more and more today because for me, Garrett Bowles showed he had a little bit of fight. He had a little bit of nastiness to him. And um, after he was pacing around, he ripped his helmet off. He tossed it in the equipment bin and just stormed off into the locker room. And I'm sitting there with a few other media members and we're wondering, did he just get booted or did he just say, screw it? I'm leaving, (laughs) you know, like because no one was really around him, which I think was a good thing, because sometimes if you're just that mad, you just need your own time. And uh, Garrett Bowles is a grown man. He has certainly learned to handle himself as a professional player, especially last year through the coaching of not only himself, his family and Mike Munchak, but through his faith as well. Something that he continually says is very important to him. And I respect the hell out of the man for that. So um, it's weird, you know, Garrett Bowles is gone. And then about 10 minutes comes, goes, comes and goes. And then here comes Garrett Bowles with some little guy to his side. Well, that little guy is GM George Payton who's escorting Garrett Bowles, big GB 72 with that Oakley visor, the arm sleeve looking just mean as hell Um, back from the locker room out to practice a little bit later, Bradley Chubb and GB, they hug it out. GB's over there hanging with the linebackers, kind of trying to cool off. But Carl Garrett's pissed. I stayed after practice a little bit and we're talking to some people in the know and uh, Garrett pissed. I was watching him after practice. It took him a minute before he wanted to have his friendly hello with with (laughs) friends and family and his children. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to call this a fight, but what do you make of the dust up heard of hurt around camp? Because if we're being honest, this has been a boring as hell. Broncos training camp and while everybody's off in Canton the whole team you know and Vaughn and Brandon McManus is going to be out there you got the PR staff out there uh it's like while PR is away GB will play and he certainly I think pissed off Bradley Chubb a little bit uh what do you make of the whole thing yeah I mean it it sounded like a little bit of they weren't were they in shells today Mm mm-hmm Okay. Shoulder shoulder pads and helmets uh, and okay. shorts. Now, it is important to note that Garrett Bowles and Bradley Chubb have been going at it for a couple of days. They haven't been pushing right. or shoving, but they have been having exceptional one-on-ones. Something that I feel so good about when one beats the other, I don't dock that as a loss. I kind of dock that as a, that's a learning experience for Bradley right. Chubb right there. That's a yep. learning experience for Garrett Bowles right there because you've got just mono e mono, two great players. I would say they're top five, two out of five players on the Broncos right now who are uh, premium assets. So yep. uh, they have been going at it, you know, but it's been friendly until today. Right. And from what I understand on that play, it sounded like Garrett Bowles drove Chubb into the ground, which when they're not in full pads, yep, you're supposed to kind of, you still go hard, but there's still a little bit of, of give. Like, like you're not trying to, to hurt the guy across from you. And it sounded like Chubb took a little exception to that, little shoving match, yelling mm-hmm. back and forth. And, and I really think what got Bowles more than anything else is they got separated and it sounded like Chubb came around the pile and shoved Garrett Bowles in the back. I think that's more than anything, kind of a little bit of a cheap shot there by, by Chubb. Yeah. And, uh, you know, both of them were, were fired up, and sometimes emotions get the better of you. My, my big thing, I do always worry about this with Bowles a little bit, is sometimes because he's such an emotional player, and it can get the better of him. He has had a couple personal foul penalties 
because he's gotten he's taken offense to something somebody else has done or what they did to one of his teammates, which I love that he wants to protect his teammates. But don't go and have your teammate get hit in a, a bad way and then hurt your team more by getting that next penalty. Like just go beat up on that guy the next play and let him know this is not okay. Like that's the better way to handle it. And so I, I hope this is the learning experience for both of them on some of that a little bit. But I, I really don't read too much into these little skirmishes. As long as like fists are not thrown and guys aren't talking to each other for like the next week. They hook it out. They hook yeah. it out. So I mean, and I, that's like I said, know, I'm not whether that was a forceful hug or whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're teammates. This is I'm not gonna call this the dog days of training camp because it's not. It's ridiculous how little NFL teams actually get done um, at, at camp. It is not the camp that your mother and father, your grandparents, whoever in your life took you to when you were a child. Uh, yeah. Those days are gone because of the new CBA and some of the new mentality and culture uh, of the 2021 NFL. Here's what I will say. I absolutely love Garrett Bowles mentality because when you show up on the line, you show up to play. And unless it's a walkthrough, you strap it on and you go. These guys have been going before the pads have come on. And if Bradley Chubb was not ready to get rolled on, then he should have stood up for himself a little bit more. He's certainly not a string bean. He is a mammoth. He is strong. He's a bull. I've seen him beat Garrett Bowles in multiple reps this week on strict bull rush moves. And that's because Bradley Chubb understands leverage. He has a great football acumen. Um, but not being in the trenches, I'm not going to fault either guy. I just was happy to see something. And I was really happy to see Bradley Chubb got pissed off that he lost. You should be pissed off that you lost you're coming off of an injury uh you're trying to earn yourself a contract you don't know if you're going to be in denver long term or going to be trying to hunt for a job for another nfl team which other teams are going to pick up bradley chubb folks now he might not be a von miller but pass rushers are certainly in demand and if they can get one um i'm not going to say cheap but you know a relatively reasonable contract that I think Bradley Chubb would fetch considering his injury history, uh, they're going to do it. And I like it's the first bit of spirit and fight that we've seen out of this team in two weeks. And it's about damn time because I am so worried that this team is going to go up to Minnesota and get bullied all damn week. I'm worried about injuries happening up there. Uh, when camp started last week, Carl, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're just waiting. They're waiting to turn it on for when the pads come on, and then the juices are going to start flying. The energy is going to be up. The fans are going to feel it. Nope, not at all. The very first day of pads, Kareem Jackson has a vet day. I mean, give me a break. This is absolutely killing me the way that this camp is being run. I don't know if Vic Fangio is trying something different to appease the players uh, because this history has shown us the players and the coaching staff as a whole, I'm talking NFL, PA, and uh, coaches and owners and everything else have not gotten along a lot this year. So I'm wondering how much of that is truly hanging over. I don't know what the ownership situation looks like. It's just a bizarre set of circumstances. So to see yeah. just a little bit, just a little bit of energy, a little bit of fight, a little bit of spirit was so welcoming to me. And then it was so draining to see it ripped away because Fangio just squashed it out like someone tossed a cigarette butt, you know, in just a pile of kinder. I mean, it, it was just absolutely disgusting to me because the whole practice was dead. It was flat. Um, usually in those circumstances, when I've been around those sort of things, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, those teammates, they tend to mix it up a little bit. They're not going to full on fight, but they like to trash talk just like other positions. And we may not hear it because they're not going to mic up a Dalton Reisner, uh, like they would a Cortland Sutton or anything like that. But those things happen in the trenches. That's why I love scouting the pit at the senior bowl, the shrine game. Uh, it's my favorite place to be. And they will not let us watch the pit at UCL training center. And it just drives me insane, but it's, I liked it. Um, I wish more players took note of it. I think that Vic Fangio and the coaching staff are very weary and afraid of what the New York Giants and that brawl looked like and how that's ultimately affecting their team. But the Broncos aren't anywhere near that level, Carl. I mean, there's not a level of frustration out there. There's not a level of divide. It's cool out there. So much that Pat Sertan is saying, you know, Alabama training camp is way harder than this. This is great. Uh, you know, and of course I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase what pastor Tan said last week, but you know, just to take his point, man, I'm, 
I love it. 72 versus 55. They mixed it up today. Absolutely love it because they're going to be fighting next week. And I want to ask you, Broncos country, I'm going to ask you, Carl, uh, who do you think is willing to mix it up next week? We know Garrett Bowles is in the mix. I would say Kareem Jackson. He's got no problem standing up for himself. Uh, I look at Draymond Jones. I don't think he's one to be pushed around. Shelby Harris, mm-mm. my my boy McTelvin Najim, that defensive line is not one mm-hmm. to be pushed around. So uh, I was happy to see a little bit of fight from this team. Yeah, I like I said, I, I don't think it's it's a bad thing to have every once in a while these guys show a little bit of that that passion and fire that they're upset about something or you know something goes wrong like that just to, to have them mix it up a little bit. But uh, you know, I, I do understand. It sounds like the Broncos have mixed up a little bit how they're doing training camp because they are trying to avoid injuries because they had so many during training camp last year that they've they've switched to a new technique. And they're just going to see if it works. And if it works, that, that's great. Maybe what, that, that, what is what is work though? Is work not suffering injuries, or is work winning football games? Because injuries well, are going to injuries are going to happen whether they like it or not. Winning football that they have control of. I, I agree to a point. I mean, imagine some of those close games. If we had Von Miller, maybe he gets that strip sack that turns a loss into a win. Instead, we lose him in the training camp. And the Broncos all of a sudden have this giant hole in their, you know, in their edge rush group or cornerback, you know, again, that's another group that early on had a lot of injuries and it just was hard to ever get back from some of that. So, you know, offensive line again, had a lot of injuries to that group. Graham Glasgow was hurt for part of the year. Dalton Reisner was kind of knocked around a little bit you had that right tackle position that was kind of going back and forth of who was going to be starting because of injuries. So that, that's my thing is when you lose enough starters, it does start to affect whether you can win or lose a game. I mean, when you have your seventh cornerback on the field <laughs> instead of your starters, yeah. I'm sorry, they're going to lose a lot of times. You got to play a lot of bend, don't break kind of defense at that point. Carl, you need to take it easy because Vic Fangio has no longer has just three corners anymore. He's got 30. Uh, when I'm looking at the roster now, it's just like, good Lord, we can't even get updated rosters right now just because I don't think there's enough room on the paper to get all these defensive backs on, on here, man. And I think that's going to be interesting because you're right. Uh, the, the defensive backs, that room was so thin last year. I mean, they're pulling guys off the street to come play corner, and it's unfair. I mean, it's just completely unfair to the defense in that circumstance. Here's where I'll push back just a tad on Vaughn, and we will uh, reach out just a little bit for the final segment of the show uh, to the comment section because we appreciate you guys. Uh, When's the last time Vaughn had a truly impact moment in a game? I can't remember. It's been so long, and that's something that bothers me right now. I know that Vaughn Miller has the ability to wreck practice. When he was wrecking practice is when he got hurt. So part of me wonders, okay, is he taking it easy because of that injury history? That would make sense. Um, Vaughn is one of one that can do what he does in the world. There's not another Gumby. There's not another pass rusher built like Vaughn Miller, mentally or physically. The guy is, he's another breed. I I, I can't, I don't think anyone's going to ever quite figure Vaughn Miller out. I don't think DeMarcus Ware, someone who he's very close with, will ever figure Vaughn Miller out. He's a very cerebral spirit and different type of pass rusher. But right. uh, I also wonder, you know, is Vaughn being held back by the coaches also? Vaughn, we got a quarterback competition. We got to figure out who we're starting. Don't <laughs> wreck the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, Chubb is, sure. Chubb's rehabbing and we get that. Kind of like when you tell Justin and Kareem, take the day off because one, Kareem, you're going to kill everybody. And two, Justin, we're tired of the interceptions. Yeah. Um, which another point, by the way, your two highest paid players right now, I would say with the Broncos, Garrett Bowles and Justin Simmons coming off of massive paydays. They shouldn't care about the future of this team. Their pockets are deep. Well, they do. And they're putting out in training camp. Justin Simmons logging multiple pass deflections, interceptions, doing what he does. Garrett Bowles having a very productive training camp as well. The skirmish, I don't think this is going to ever amount to anything. We're not going to look at this two weeks down the road and say, remember the time that Bradley Chubb and Garrett? No, we're not going to, I don't think ever do that. I think part of it also is a little bit about fear. Um, If you're Bradley Chubb, I think you're very fearful of that knee getting hurt. And those are things that he can't control. And 
I think if you're getting pancakes, it's natural to worry about that knee buckling. And when guys get scared, including myself, I get grouchy and I get angry and I get ornery. And that's just what we do as human beings. So I can't fault either guy. Here's where I'm going to fault Vic Fangio in a big way. We know you love defense. We know you're going to end the practice on interceptions. Today, he actually ended practice on a touchdown throw. I couldn't believe it. I thought someone else took his air horn. Uh, what are you doing, Vic? Why, you know what I mean? Like, Chubb, okay, he's cool or whatever. Toss them both, you know, and I'm not saying he tossed the Bulls. Bulls might have went back there on his own. Yeah. But then send Chubb back there, too. Send a message to both of them, you know, potty mouth Vic all press conference using his, his bad language up there saying he's not going to tolerate stuff. Well, yeah, Garrett Bowles probably got the better of Bradley Chubb just a little bit by driving him into the ground, and Chubb took exception to that, shoved him in the back, whatever is whatever, but get rid of both of them. Don't just save your defensive guy on the side, and you're right. Bradley Chubb is not an emotional guy like Garrett Bowles is on the field. Garrett Bowles has had moments where he has been out of control, but – that's old GB. That's before the GB zone. That's before the videos. That's before the all pro nod. That is before he got paid that six to $8 million. So uh, if I'm Vic Fangio, I think it's a really bad look that you didn't just send them both back. And then they both come back out. I think it shows that you obviously favor your defense even more so than you do the offense. And uh, that might be a little bit of an overreaction, but I think it's an optic that can't go unseen. That's my biggest takeaway from this whole skirmish is how Vic yeah. Fangio ultimately handled it. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on whether Garrett Bowles pulled himself out or right. if Vic Fangio right. said, Hey, young man, get out of here. You and know, that's that, pure that, speculation. Right. And, and to your point real quick, before I let you go, uh, um, it was Vic Fangio. And now that I remember who had to stop Garrett Bowles in the New York jets game. And he used his potty mouth then. Right. And was like, Hey, get over to the effing locker room. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, it all kind of depends. I know we've seen with Garrett Bowles plenty of times where he has gotten very heated. Teammates have had to calm him down, tell him, take a lap kind of thing. Right. Uh, which I mean, again, I love and, and hate at the same time with Garrett Bowles because you love that passion. You love how much he wants to defend his teammates, all those kind of things. I mean, I've never heard of a guy talk more about how much he is going to protect his, his quarterback. He's like, that's my wife back there kind of thing. Uh, you, you go hit my wife, I'm going to hit you. And, and I yeah. love that. I love that passion. But again, it can get him in trouble every once in a while. So, um, But like you said, here in a couple of weeks, we're probably not going to remember the skirmish. The two of them, they're going to be talking, best friends in the locker room. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, well, no big deal. They'll, they'll work it out. They're, they're grown men. It's how, it's, how, it's how these guys handle it. Uh, and, and you, you know, know what? friends and I, I remember we'd wrestle. Yes. If we were mad yes. at each other. We'd say, all right, have wrestling out. match right here, right now. And then yes. at the end, hug it out, boom, we're good friends again. That's you know what? We need to go back to simpler time, you know, simpler men and simpler times because yeah, sometimes just having it out is what you need to do. And as you were talking about that, something else just popped in my mind. All right. Imagine this. It's next week. The Vikings have gotten the best of the Broncos, two out of three practices, or one out of three, whatever. And uh Bradley Chubb gets an illegal shot. Someone shit, someone shoves him in the back. Someone takes a shot at his legs. I'm willing to bet Garrett Bowles is probably the first player onto the field ready to throw down and back his guys. Cause that's one thing about Garrett Bowles, man. He's loyal. Garrett Bowles yep. is a loyal human being. He is a family man. He sees this team as his family, as you alluded to earlier. So while they may have gotten into a skirmish today, neither player was trying to hurt each other at all. They were both trying to get some respect, trying to get some frustration out and it's all good. That's what football is. I need to see more of that. You know, I already saw Lloyd Cushenberry put Alexander Johnson on his ass. You'll be all right with the T-Rex dance. It's good to go. I know you're going to show out in Minnesota. We need you, big fella. I need Alexander Johnson in a big way in Minnesota because they like to run the ball. That is yep. what Alexander Johnson does. He stops the ball. Linebacker, Carl, something I wanted to pick your brain on just real quick, and then let's open up the comments. Justice Dernat, I wrote about him a couple days ago. He's looking awesome. Josh Watson wrote about him yesterday. He's looking good as well. Um, Josie Jewell, that groin injury. How nervous should Josie Jewell be right now that one of these young up-and-coming linebackers could very well come for his job, if not split the reps? Yeah, I think a little bit, but Fangio said it. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. He was talking about the linebacker position, and he said, you know, these young guys, it takes a while to learn my system from the linebacker position. 
He says, right. now, once they get it, they get it forever. But it just takes them a while till they, they finally get to that kind of point. And so I, I do think if there's a position that he's going to lean towards a veteran, it's going to be the linebacker group. And I know that they like Josie Jewell. I thought Josie Jewell actually outplayed Alexander Johnson last year. Me too. I, I thought, thought he was very, very consistent. Every, you know, every single game, you knew what you were going to get from Josie Jewell. And as a coach, that, that's valuable. When, when you know what are the limitations, what are the strengths. I mean, when we're talking about the quarterback position, same way, coaches lean on consistency. They do. They, they love it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and so do. sometimes they'll take a lesser player in those kind of moments just because they don't want to deal with the, the really low lows. I think about the, the Patriots. I can't remember what linebacker was that that just would go rogue every once in a while in a game. And so finally, true. who was it? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. No, but uh, but I think about that all the time of just finally Bill Belichick just said, get this guy out of here. I don't care what we get in a trade. I want him out of here. And he was a great athlete and just a great player. But it wasn't, it wasn't Jamie Collins when he went to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's okay. who it was. All Jamie right. Collins. There, there was just times in a game he'd just go completely rogue, thinking yeah. that he knew the play, would try to guess it, would get burned, and, and cost his team. And so just – Coaches like those guys that they know are going to do their job, do what they're they're called to do on a, a, any given play. And uh, like I said, Josie Jewell, he is like tops when it comes to that kind of thing. He's going to do exactly what the coaches tell him to do on the field. And uh, Vic Fangio, he's going to love that. What's up, Richie Rich? Giving me some love on that piece on Josh Watson. Because when you said um, linebackers needing to learn, Josh Watson, is this will be his third year. He's had three years to learn Vic Fangio's uh, defense. I was actually at uh, the Broncos local pro day um, where various other NFL prospects of the day, including one Andrew Wingard from the University of Wyoming was in the house. Uh, Austin Fort was also there and uh, a few other players that are floating around the NFL. These Broncos local pro days, Philip Lindsay was previously a one that year beforehand. I saw Josh Watson, got to interview him, absolutely loved him. Uh, but Fangio saw him as a developmental linebacker. So if you're Vic Fangio, trust is absolutely something that he has got to have in you to make you a starter, let alone put you on the field. I think that he's going to give Josh Watson a little bit of a longer leash and see if Josh Watson can perform in these preseason games, in these scrimmages. He wants to see how the communication goes. And Justin Sternad, you need to just keep doing what you're doing because I like it a lot. Everybody knows you can cover. Can you fill the hole and tackle? Can you lay the wood like Smoke Dog Al Wilson? Something that's very hard to do when you're being asked to cover a million different receivers in Andy Reid's crazy offense. So um, it's absolutely crazy, Rich. I love the love. the love. Thank you so much. And, guys, if you yeah. want to see any of our latest on uh, what's going on with the Denver Broncos, anything from videos, podcasts, analysis, news, get on over to milehighhuddle.com on Twitter. That's at milehighhuddle. Uh, get to our mothership at Huddle Up Podcast um, in terms of where you can find all of our podcast merch, where you can find all of our podcasts, and where you can leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing because we appreciate the love. So as we begin to wrap our show up, uh, Steve Atwater, man, congratulations. Uh, finally, Carl, it feels like we're getting a little bit of vindication with uh, the Broncos that are entering the Hall of Fame, John Lynch tomorrow, Peyton Manning, Um it's absolutely incredible. In Broncos country, you should feel so proud. This is a huge weekend for the Denver Broncos. And I want to ask you, Carl, and I want to ask the chat line, who's your favorite pro football Hall of Famer? Something I've been thinking about today as we start to wrap, wrap our show up. Um, because now you're seeing Denver Broncos. Terrell Davis is in the hall. Pat Bolin is in the hall. Something that gets me a little emotional thinking about Mr. B in the hall, yep. welcoming his guys, his family into the hall with him. I mean, it's just something that feels for lack of a better term and no disrespect. It feels heavenly to me for the foot in the football aspect of just, man, this is, this is football legends. This is football immortality and the Denver Broncos have arrived. Yeah, no, it's, it'd be tough for me to pick. I've got Floyd little being up there, just especially getting here. Yeah. Just the fact that without him, Rest we probably peace. don't have the Denver Broncos. He probably saved a team that get yeah, he saved this franchise. And mm. so I'm forever grateful to that man for what he brought to this organization, brought to this city. 
and uh, just uh, he he deserves to be on. I know that, you know they talk about the the Mount Rushmore of Broncos. If you don't have Floyd Little on there, you're missing a big player that just. I, I know he wasn't the greatest player, but he might be the most important Bronco player of all time, other than John Elway. Uh, yeah, and rest rest is rest is soul, man. I mean, rest yeah. in peace to Floyd Little, the franchise uh, gone too early. As we still mourn the loss of Floyd Little here in Broncos country, I love it. That's an excellent answer. Yeah, uh, look All at right. this boss man coming in here. What's yeah. up, Chad? How you doing, Chad Jensen? You guys, you know him, you love him. One of the co-hosts, uh, the boss man of Huddle Up, MHH superstars. Show out for these hardworking pod hosts taking time away from watching the Hall of Fame to break down day nine for us. We appreciate that, Chad. And uh, something I want to thank Carl for as well. Carl stepping in on back-to-back Saturdays, taking away time from his friends, family, and the Hall of Fame induction. But anytime we can celebrate the Denver Broncos, that is what we do at Mile High Huddle, Carl. Uh, I don't care if it's the night before a game, the day of the game, afternoon, morning, midday. It doesn't matter. Mile High Huddle, we have got the best Broncos coverage online. No subscription fees. You don't need to pay to read, pay to play, any of that funky stuff. Get at milehighhuddle.com for all your up-to-the-minute Broncos coverage. For sure. All right, well, I wanted to get to a few of these questions before we get out of here because we've got a lot of great points going on here in the chat. Uh, Rich Rich coming in with on talking about the linebacker thing going on. Uh, he says, on the linebacker train in Chicago, Fangio had more athletic linebackers. Do you think we are trying to get back there? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you look at Baron Browning, one of the top athletic linebackers in this last draft. Now they're they're thankfully going to get a little time to develop him here with having some pretty good players, but Sternad, he's not the most athletic guy, but he's got quick twitch ability to really turn and run with anybody. And, and so you look at some of these kind of guys, he's trying to get that formula back in there. Uh, now, unfortunately he doesn't have any kind of guy that's like a Roquan Smith. That's going to come in as a rookie and play as a, a top tier linebacker. Uh, but, but I do, I think he's trying to get a little more athleticism to that group because it does matter. It, it really does. Uh, instincts matter more for the linebacker position, but if you can find instincts and athleticism, oh my gosh, you have struck gold in the middle of the field. Mm, absolutely love it. You strike gold, particularly Lombardi gold. The Tampa Bay Bucks have given the blueprint for how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going up the middle. Let's cover in tight ends. It's doing whatever you got to do with those linebackers. Absolutely love it, Rich. Uh, you're always on it, man. And then speaking of linebackers, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Broncos. Breaking news of the day. Uh, the Broncos claimed inside linebacker Barrington Wade off of waivers. They did waive wide receiver Warren Jackson. It looks like this linebacker is being claimed off of waivers from the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, looks like he's six foot one, 232 pounds. He's a rookie out of the University of Iowa. So Nick Kendall somewhere is screaming and yelling for joy. And uh, he originally signed with the Ravens as a college free agent. Um, so it looks like he just had a cup of coffee with the Ravens. It doesn't look like I see any official stats. This is coming from the Broncos themselves. So another body for the linebackers, another body for Vic Fangio to play with. What do you think of uh, the Broncos trying to add linebackers? Because it's something they certainly need to do. There's not a lot of depth right now with Josie Jewell out, with Baron Browning dealing with that knee still. It's a concerning position. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it makes a ton of sense for the Broncos to, to add a couple guys. He is on the smaller side of things. Uh, I know it says like 232 in there, but in college, <laughs> he weighed 210. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, <laughs> inflation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it usually goes. So he uh, he's more of that hybrid safety linebacker. Right. Iowa used him, as uh, Nick said it earlier on Twitter, they used him in that star role where they okay. really wanted him to be that coverage linebacker. That's pretty much what he was always on the field for. And, and he did well at it. And so it, it's worth bringing in a guy like that. He's got some speed to him. So if you're thinking of special teams, he can maybe add something there. And then they added another guy. I think his name's Chris Orr, linebacker from Wisconsin. Okay. Is another guy that they added to the roster, and he <clears throat> he's one of those guys who's injured a lot in college, but his senior year, all of a sudden got healthy, goes out there, has eleven and a half sacks sacks from the off ball linebacker spot. Whoa! And then went and tested really, really well. <sighs> he he just he looked good. But again, that injury history just really knocked him down. 
spent time on practice squad for Carolina, I think last year. I can't okay. remember exactly, but anyway, um, another guy that's worth taking a chance at, see what he's got. Could be a good special teamer. Like I said, with all these injuries, more you just need some camp bodies to be able to keep throwing out there so you're not wearing out the guys you do have right. until the other guys come back from injury. So it, it makes a lot of sense for what the Broncos are doing, um, and especially heading out there to Minnesota this week, which, speaking of Minnesota, this is I, I've seen a lot of people, that, the argument going back and forth of which quarterback to go with, and a lot of people kind of going into the whole conversation, of course, of uh, you know potential versus known commodity. And, and going back and forth on that. And, and I've seen a couple of people talking about the, you know, you, you go with the potential because you just got to see what he could be for, for the future of the organization. Here's the problem. You've got coaches and players that jobs are completely on the, the line this season. If Fangio and his staff knew, hey, we're going to be back next season. Yeah, I'd say go Drew Locke the entire year. Just see what he's got. Go with it. But when you've got jobs on the line, these guys cannot just go with the guy that has the highest potential. They have to go with the guy that actually wins the job. Now, I don't know who that's going to be. And, you know, I really do think these last few days have been some of Locke's, not his greatest work for sure, during this training camp. Mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't been going deep. He hasn't been challenging the, the defense. He's been holding on to the ball quite a bit uh, on different plays. Um I think maybe that reset of heading out there to Minnesota could be a good thing for him. You know, just getting to see a different defense, getting a, you know, just like I said, just hitting that reset button. He needs that. Uh, Cause I think Teddy Bridgewater, especially today starting to show, maybe he's pulling away a little bit in this competition. I, I still think it's really close, but I think Teddy being steady, Teddy, he's only had the one really, really bad day. The rest of them have been pretty consistent day in day out for him. Uh, I think, Drew Locke, he, he's got a lot to prove, obviously, and you just you can't hand him the job. Players know players. And if other players see that Drew Locke didn't earn this job, he's going to lose the respect of his teammates. You can't do that to Drew Locke. That's setting him up for failure. And so, again, he's got to go out there and earn it. And if he does, man, this team will back him to the ends of the earth. But if he doesn't, well, I'm sorry. He's probably going to be on the bench. Well, and this team does like Teddy Bridgewater. Newsflash, yeah. something I've been saying for the last two weeks, telling you guys they like Teddy a lot. He is a personable guy. He is a guy that was coaching up Parnell Motley today. Carl, I mean, it's bizarre to see. And he's not just yucking it up on the sidelines like, hey, let's tell jokes and, you know, play grab butt. Like, this is just a complete waste of time. No. Teddy's making the most of his time, even though it's a what you and I would call a softer sort of practice compared to the days of Mike Shanahan. But you're exactly right. This is Drew's job on the line here. Uh, Drew Locke is a backup quarterback. That doesn't sound right to me. Uh, I don't know that he would handle that well. I don't know that I would trust Drew Locke as a backup quarterback. Backup quarterbacks are supposed to represent consistency. Drew Locke does not represent consistency. So I think it's start or bust. For Drew Locke, I really do. Um, I think ultimately the Broncos are going to see both quarterbacks this year. You're going to need them both. And they're both getting along. They're both gentlemen. They're both competitors. They're both everything you want except for consistent right now. Everything you want except for uh, trying to separate right now. And it's just a bizarre set of circumstances because usually there's a villain in the competition. There's no villain here. Uh, the guys like Drew, the guys like Teddy, it's just trying to figure out what's going to happen. Now, I did speak with a, a a friend in Minnesota who covers the Vikings out there, and he told me that Teddy is one of the most beloved Vikings of all time. And I about my jaw, my jaw just about dropped. I'm like, really? What do you do in Minnesota? Like, I get it. The horrific injury and. You know, I, I get it, but uh, his work off the field, his work on the field, his tutelage, the way that he handles business, the way that he lives his life, people are excited to see Teddy come back to Minnesota next week. Yeah. And well, the storyline is setting up for Teddy to have a redemption uh, against his old team and possibly grab and reclaim a starting job, something that he rarely has gotten the opportunity to do in the NFL. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I had someone in, I was talking to the other day, I think it was, and they said uh, they had a Saints fan and a Carolina fan that they were talking to. 
Okay. And they were talking about Teddy. And the Saints fan was like, dude, I want that guy back right now for our team. Really? Yeah. Well, you think about they, they figured out if if uh you know he had that five game start. Sure. If he had continued those stats over the entire season, he would have had over 30 touchdowns to like seven or eight interceptions. That is about top 12 in the NFL in stats. You think they might have reconsidered that Taysom Hill deal and everything, like yeah. hindsight being 2020 right yeah, now, and sure. Jameis sure. and everything and going back in time? That's interesting. I like yeah. that. But then the Carolina fan was like, dude, he could not get out of town fast enough. They they absolutely hated him that there were a lot of games, especially late game opportunities to go out there and win them, throw an interception, not be able to drive down the field, all those kind of things. So, you know, I still think there's a lot of a lot more variance with Teddy Bridgewater than some people are giving credit for in that whole situation. I know he's steady Teddy, but I think there's still some variance that can happen. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I, I'm excited to see both those guys get out there to Minnesota they got a lot to prove. These will be the practices that matter the most when you're talking about evaluation. Then, yes. of course, we're going to start getting into actual preseason games. So this is where, like, as much as I say that Teddy has kind of pulled ahead just a little bit at this point, the, the real big evaluation, the biggest percentage of what we're going to be looking at for who's going to win this job happens this coming week. And so that's, that's a lot of pressure. Going to be fun to see which quarterback rises to the surface with it. Yeah, they say the cream rises to the top. Well, let's see, because uh, Broncos need something. They need to roll out a starting quarterback sooner rather than later. I hope that Vic Fangio does not uh, stretch it out to week one, something that he's teased before in the past, and he gets my blood pressure up every time he does it. But spoiler yeah. alert, today I did have Teddy win in the day. Um, he had a really nice 30-yard completion to Noah Fant, followed by a 20-yard to Albert O. Um absolutely electric day for KJ Hamler. Uh, one of my superstars of the day that you can read about on myhighhuddle.com. But guys, that's going to do it for us tonight here on MHI Saturday night. I want to get to one of our biggest super chat superstars coming in with a last minute donation. Appreciate you so much. Go Broncos. Lord Deer coming in with a 699. Been tuning in for over a year. I can finally start chipping in. Go Broncos. I can't wait to see what we've got going against another team. Lord dear, we appreciate that so much. That means a lot to us. It really does. But first and foremost, uh, please know that you do not have to donate a cent to uh, support Mile High Huddle, to support Carl, myself, Nick, Chad, Zach, Eric, Lance, all of our amazing hosts and writers and um, everybody on the team. The biggest way you can support us is simply by donating your time. Uh, I continually to preach and I'll never stop. The time is the biggest gift we have in this life. And anytime you can listen to us via Spotify, Apple iTunes, um, wherever you get your podcast, whether this is a week from now or live streaming right now and you made plans for your Saturday night. I appreciate that. Carl appreciates that. That means the most to us. And if you want to show us some love, go ahead and subscribe, like and share. That's another big way that you can support the show. Leave us a comment. Uh, let us know. Give us some criticism, man. We're, we're grown men we, and grown women. We can take it. Uh, let us know how things can improve. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Uh, let us know your Broncos takes as well, because something that we all have in common is we love to flap our gums and talk football. So please get at us on Twitter. You can DM us. You can get at us. It doesn't matter. We get back to absolutely everybody, because if you donate your time, and you have the time to ask a question or want to connect, then we owe it to you as friends to do the exact same thing. And Carl, I know you feel the same way. Oh, for sure. You know, it, every week I, I just remind myself how much of an honor it is just to join all of you and just to get this chance to talk football. I mean, it, it's something we love to do all the time. And uh, just the chance that we get to come on here and do it together like this and talk with you guys in the chat and everything else. It, it truly is an honor. And uh, I'm humbled by, you know, just seeing uh, we've had over 200 joining us here live tonight and uh, just on, on Hall of Fame night, yeah. on Hall of Fame night, on the right. night that the smiling assassin was put in and enshrined in the right. Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's truly moving. So, yeah, really, truly. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, very excited that, again, this upcoming week, Bronco game going to happen. So we could actually talk about something that happens on the field other than what's just happening here at practice. I mean, I love talking about practice, but man, game that I'm just I'm so pumped up. It's going to be hard to sleep this week. 
We talking about practice, the old <laughs> Allen Iverson drop. That's something that will always. Speaking of inter- living in eternity, that drop will always live in live in eternity for us. And uh, no, Carl, I appreciate it again, man. Appreciate you pinch hitting for Nick EJ coming in quick. Have a great night, Broncos country. Get ready for a great season. You know why it's going to be a great season, regardless of the win, the loss record. There's some sort of normalcy that's coming back to the NFL. Football is yep. back. You're going to have fans in live attendance. They're piping in noise to get the team used to fans again. Let's enjoy these little things. Get the kids out to camp. Sit on the grass. Get all wet. Start sweating. Get a little bit of a sunburn. Do whatever you got to do and enjoy these small things uh, that football and the Broncos have brought back to us. He's Carl. I'm Luke. Be sure to get a Mile High Huddle on Twitter, milehighhuddle.com. Give us all the support and the love in the world there. You will see the huddle up boys tomorrow. I think they're in action uh, for Sunday. So the Broncos will be scrimmaging over at use in power field. Almost screwed that one up. I had him power field tomorrow on Sunday. I will not be on location. It is not open to the public. He's Carl. I'm Luke saying always believe in mile high magic. Go Broncos.